Star Wars 7x7 episode 688. Today, it's officially happening. We are beginning a Star Wars Rebels briefing series. And we're kicking things off not with a season premiere, but actually with something slightly different. It's taking you back in time to four little short stories that were released in the run-up to Star Wars Rebels. Punch it, Chewie. No traps. No moisture. No committees. Just rebel-rousing fun for everyday Jedis. It's the Star Wars 7x7 Podcast with your host, Alan Voivod. Destiny Unleashed. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and, you know, the start of the Clone Wars cartoon series had a lot going for it in the sense that Everybody was familiar with the characters that were being introduced in the Clone Wars. All the clones and Obi-Wan and Anakin leading the charge and all the Jedi behind them. All of those characters were pretty much known quantities, so it was easy to launch the series. Star Wars Rebels, on the other hand, they were launching with a whole new set of characters. And so, naturally, they had to give us all a peek or two at them so that we could kind of introduce ourselves and let them introduce themselves to us before we actually had the world premiere of Star Wars Rebels. Now, everybody talks about how The Force Awakens was constructed to echo, mirror, and make people otherwise totally nostalgic for the original Star Wars to follow that blueprint as closely as possible for success. And really, that idea, that whole concept, started with Star Wars Rebels because everybody involved in that, like their mission, their mantra, was to bring back some of that original trilogy feel, that swagger, into the Star Wars universe. Sometimes they took this very literally, actually, as in the first short that we're talking about here, The Machine in the Ghost, which features Kanan and Hera and Chopper. And all of the shots that are from space, in other words, when you see the ghost, Kanan and Hera's ship, Hera's ship, really, uh, when you see those shots in space of the dogfight between the TIE fighters that are attacking them and the ghost, It's almost shot by shot taken from the original Star Wars, a.k.a. A New Hope. You know the scene. I don't have to tell you. It's the scene when the Millennium Falcon has busted out of the Death Star and they have to get by the sentry ships and Princess Leia says, here they come. And we get the most incredible music with that whole scene. Ugh, one of the best scenes in that whole movie. And the animators basically rip it off almost shot for shot. I mean, and not necessarily in order. In other words, it doesn't follow it that exactly. But all the shots of the TIE fighters, you know, twirling around as they pass by the ghost, the same thing that you saw. And we'll have the video embedded at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7x7.com so you can check it out. Now, Kanan and Hera, in the very beginning, right from the get-go, are bickering and bantering with each other, and that's the way to my heart, for sure. And this is how it starts. Kanan, we have a small situation here. If you care to blast one of those ties out of the galaxy, I don't think anyone would object. Working on it, Hera. Felt like you gave me a lot of warning. Oh, as I recall, raiding an Imperial supply convoy was your plan, though. Well, it made sense all the time. I know, right? (laughs) On and on, all the way through the short, all three minutes of it. 
And they've got Chopper with him as well, which is almost a precursor to BB-8 in a way because he has the same kind of attitude. He uses his um, his tools, his extendable arms, in ways to express emotions like smacking himself on the head when somebody does something silly or stupid or anything like that. And it reminded me a lot of BB-8 doing things like, you know, flicking out his his um, little torch as a thumbs up, for example. You know, that sort of attitude. And then another one of the shorts we get, and all of them actually will be embedded at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. It's Throwback Sunday, <laughs> as it were. Property of Ezra Bridger, where Ezra is out in a field and he sees the ghost chasing a TIE fighter and the TIE fighter getting shot down. And that in itself, also the way it kind of left a good scorch mark along the grassy plains that Ezra finds him in on Lothal, that reminded me a bit of the wreckage of the Force Awakens Special Forces TIE fighter that Finn and Poe take down to Jakku. And for all the times that we see X-Wing fighters shoot down TIE fighters in space and they seem so fragile, the TIE fighters do, they seem to be remarkably resilient in atmosphere because they hold up pretty well. I mean, this one in the Rebel short here, that one survives and the pilot survives the crash and Ezra goes to ostensibly help him, but really goes to scavenge just like we would see Ray do a few years later in The Force Awakens, take pieces out of the TIE fighter and steal the guy's helmet as well. And then when the guy gets mad and tries to use his TIE fighter's laser cannons against Ezra, we hear a very brief force theme show up. And so we get the idea right away that Ezra is somehow force sensitive and that it's going to be a major element that we need to know about. He also has a funky little slingshot with little mini energy balls instead of stones and kind of reminded me of the energy balls like the giant ones that the Gungans used on Naboo, except not as colorful in Ezra's case. Ezra hits one right into the TIE fighter cockpit and tases the guy, the pilot. Poor pilot. <laughs> not that it's really poor pilot, because he was a jerk anyway. And Ezra strolls off happily with his newly scavenged equipment and his TIE fighter pilot helmet. And speaking of helmets, <laughs> interesting segue, we get Sabine Wren in another short, Art Attack, where she is in full Mandalorian gear, including the classic-style Mandalorian helmet. And she's tasked with creating some sort of diversion while the ghost crew is off doing something else. So she goes in and spray paints what is basically the early version of the Rebel Starbird onto the side of a TIE fighter and ends up getting a bunch of stormtroopers to chase her around to no avail in catching her. Finally, she slaps a thermal detonator onto the side of a TIE fighter and creates quite the explosion, which serves as a perfect diversion for whatever the ghost crew needed to get done. Lastly, there is a short called Entanglement, which features the one remaining character in the Ghost Crew we haven't talked about yet. That's Zeb Aurelios, Garazeb, if you want his full name, who decides that rather than meeting <laughs> Kanan at a rendezvous point for whatever they've got going on, it's more fun and also the better choice to fight a bunch of stormtroopers a couple of whom had been bullying an Ugnaught, but that's another story. Anyway, you find out that He's a Lassat, which is a species of very agile and very strong creatures and certainly has his way with all the stormtroopers around, so good on him. Though, interestingly, during the fight scene, it is not Star Wars that is really evoked with it. It's actually Raiders of the Lost Ark. Listen to the fight scene music and tell me if you don't hear Cairo and all the guys searching for Indian Marion. It's possible I might be a little late. You're already late. 
And in that clip also, of course, we hear Kanan giving Zeb a hard time about not making the rendezvous point. Something that flows through a lot of this is a good amount of bicker and banter and back and forth between the characters. So good fun overall. And what do we learn as we come away from these four short little stories? What do we learn about our new heroes in Star Wars Rebels? Well, we've met the six of them between Kanan and Hera and Sabine and Zeb and Ezra and Chopper. And aside from Ezra, who is separate from the whole cast, but we see Ezra actually being aware of their handiwork, even if he's not aware necessarily of who the Ghost crew is yet. He certainly didn't seem to have anything to say to that TIE fighter pilot about the Ghost crew. So that being said, the five of them, minus Ezra seem to be a, I don't know if you'd call them rebels yet, you know, they certainly are a crew of folks who are fighting off TIE fighters and are doing damage to the Imperials, but we don't necessarily know why just yet. We know that they've stolen from Imperial convoys, but we don't know if they're smugglers or if they've got something else going on. I know we're a couple of years down the road from all of that in reality, and that question, of course, has been answered as to what their deal is and what they're motivated by. But I'm looking at it from the perspective of, well, let's start this brand new and fresh and see what we are dealing with here. And we're dealing with some very motivated characters who do not like the Imperials whatsoever, but yet we do not know what their motivations are for being rebellious, if you will. Perhaps we will learn more about it (laughs) when we have our next Rebels briefing, which is going to cover the very first episode of Star Wars Rebels. That'll be Spark of Rebellion. So hang with us and we'll dive into Rebels. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You know how I just got done talking about the beauty of the stuff that the visual effects folks in The Force Awakens do? Well, there's another beautiful thing that I gotta mention here as well, and that is the 3D holograms that Zebra Imaging has made, teaming up with Lucasfilm to create the world's first and only Star Wars 3D hologram collectibles. Check them out at sw7x7.com slash hologram to see Kylo Ren, the Death Star Trench Run, R2-D2 projecting Princess Leia, and let's not forget... Han Solo and Carbonite. That's the one that my mom wouldn't be able to stand. Oh, that scene made her so sad. <laughs> anyway, one more time, it's sw7x7.com slash hologram to see them for yourself. All right, it's time for your trivia question of the day. Get ready! Okay, for what? Last time we asked you who explained the difference between the Death Star and Starkiller Base to the Resistance leaders, and that was Poe Dameron. Today's question, who flew the reconnaissance mission to Starkiller Base? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you take on Count Dooku all by yourself, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at Patreon.com slash SW7x7. It's not a crazy spinning alien of unknown origin, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger. 
because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.